Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. So excited to have you guys with me. So excited for today's interview with Alexis Papadakis Greenberg. Alexis and I met actually, which is really cool, in Dallas at the end of August. I was there for podcast movement. She was there for an EXP event. And so she is close friends with my buddy Jeremy Kane, who I interviewed on the show and is part of my membership. And when I met Alexis at the, you know, they they had an event for their team for the Wolfpack. And I went just to kind of meet some people. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, these people are amazing. I connected with amazing people like Alexis, Noah, who I'll interview in a few weeks. All these amazing people that I'm like, holy cow, they are crushing it in the real estate space. And so I didn't even go to meet people to, you know, I just went to meet cool people. But when I met them. I was like, they have to come on the show because I promise you the wisdom Alexis is going to share with you today is going to be game changing. Alexis is a 25 year Wall Street veteran, and she held key roles with several of the nation's top financial firms. She went from there to Colorado in 2018 with her husband and daughter. So, you know, she's done a lot of cool things. And so she's in real estate now in Colorado, absolutely crushing it. And so I'm so excited to have her today to share some of the wisdom she learned on Wall Street, in real estate, in Colorado, all these different things with you, my audience. So Alexis, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide. Awesome. Thank you, John, for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am pumped. I I still remember. I mean, I'm, I was going to say like it was yesterday, but it almost was because it was like a few weeks ago with the time we're recording. But when I met you just to hear, holy cow, to take this very successful Wall Street career and be willing to give that up is like many people would not would not be willing to step out in faith like that. But you did. I loved your story. We connected even earlier this week just to, you know, so I could tell you about the podcast a little bit and just tell you, hey, it's a conversation. But one of the things that I found so interesting was how many people doubted you along this real estate journey and said, you cannot do this. You absolutely will never make it. You'll never sell a thing. And you have proven those people wrong, haven't you? Yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, super proud of the work you're doing there in Colorado. Yeah, tell us. You know, I, I did a brief intro, but how in the world does someone with 25 years on Wall Street decide they're going to walk away from a super successful career, leave their state and everything? How does that happen? Oh, my God. It was, you know, I'm a big Tony Robbins person, right? Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about kind of making changes and stuff like that. But until you make that that quick, like that decisions are made in seconds, they're not made in planning for years, right? And so I've been able to kind of stay ahead of the trend or big things coming. And I just, I'm very like instinct, boom, let's go kind of thing. And so, 
you know, I started right after, right after college, I started working on wall street and, um, it was very different for me. It was like something I had never experienced in my life. I wasn't used to, I didn't even know what stock bonds were. Like I was like, you know, first generation American had no idea, got myself into college on my own and really wanted to go back to school to do, to get a, a master's in psychology. Mm-hmm. I started in engineering and then, um, you know, I just started working in the world trade center and I was like, boom, this is more money than I could ever make. You know, if I went to get a master's or a PhD, it would take me decades to make what I was making as a very young kid. But I also loved the excitement of it all. So I was like, kind of thrown into, oh, my God. I mean, these trading floors were ginormous. And it was like a, a big party, like, you know, food fights, you know, <laughs> someone. Oh, my God. If someone wore something like I remember one day it was like a kid that wore like an American flag on a sweater, like a Tommy Hilfiger thing. Mm-hmm. And the whole trading floor got up and sang you know, the Star Spangled Banner at the Mm. same time. And so it was a lot of fun, but, you know, it was challenging. You know, you worked a lot. You worked 12, 14-hour days. Um, You hardly had any breaks. It was very um, aggressive. I was lucky because I was like one of the few females that used to work on the trading floors back then. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I didn't get picked on, but you really knew, you really had to kind of, you know, like not be, what do you call that? They can smell weakness. So you really had to be yeah. like a tough cookie kind of thing to survive in that environment. But um, I remember that one day I had a big job. I started there as a temp and then I started working for the CFO. Then I started working for the CEO. And then all of a sudden I am like head of emerging markets, Latin America back office operations. Mm-hmm. And I had this big super job and I had a big team. and. Um, I just one day, I just felt like I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I need to get out of here. Like I was in the World Trade Center during the 93 bombing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, after the 93 bombing, they moved us from like the 35th floor of the first tower to the 84th floor of the second tower. They like cut our rent in half. And we were all kind of excited because we were like, wow, this building has the helicopter patch. And if something happens, they're just going to come and get us. Right. And so, you know, we were kind of excited about that move. And then a few months um, before every, before 9-11 happened, I just started to get this feeling like I need to get out of here. I need to go. I need to leave. I kept getting that feeling. And I walked into my boss's office and I resigned and he was like, you have another offer. And I was like, no, Um, (laughs) I just got to go. And he was like, are you crazy? You know, like I was a single mom and he was like, just stay and, you know, we can counter, we can work through this. And I was like, no, no, I, I really have to leave. And that those kind of instincts kind of saved my life back then. And it has yeah. always like, really, I don't doubt anytime I get a feeling, you know, and through the years I went to go on and work like at hedge funds and I, I always worked for a CEO And so I managed a lot of real estate, like big estate properties with employees and staff and Mm -hmm. oversaw like tons of, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of renovations. And that was fun. I always loved real estate, you know, but, you know, 
being a young, you know, poor kid growing up, like I never, no one ever taught me that real estate was like the best investment ever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of learned everything kind of on my own. And then flash forward, I have all this great experience and all this hard work made people tons of money. And, you know, even though I was really well paid, I didn't make nearly, I mean, they were making millions and I was just like six figure, you know, just, you know, happy, kind of go lucky, had no Mm -hmm. real clue that I could do this for myself. And so end of 2018, we were like, I got that same feeling. We have to get out of here. We have to leave New York. And, you know, a couple of years before we had experienced a really bad hurricane. Uh, well, it was like a tropical storm, mm-hmm. but um, it was like a hurricane in New York and we didn't have power for six weeks. Mm-hmm. And that was really difficult. And I was like, you know, I just started to get that feeling like life's not sustainable here. We got to go. We got to go. Um, and when I told my husband, I was like, we got to get out of here. He was like, if you're feeling like that, we got to go. You know, he never doubted like my mm-hmm. my instincts and stuff. And so we were like, you know, if the house sells, we're leaving. We're just, <laughs> right, we're just, right. put, it, we're just put it in the hands of God. And yeah. if the house sells, we're going. And New York market is very different than Colorado. Takes, you know, three, six, nine months to sell. And, you know, we had the smallest house in a really nice suburb. And, you know, we're paying $25,000 a year in property taxes and we had potholes everywhere. And it was, the chances of it selling were very kind of slim, mm-hmm. even though we had, it was really, really a beautiful colonial Victorian house that we had restored. And it was just, we put a lot of money into landscaping and it was, it was really cute, but it was tiny. And um, it sold 21 days, 18 wheeler pulls up. We took, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend this, but we, we were so crunched for time and I was like transitioning work and all this stuff. And we took everything with us. <laughs> there were things that made, made it to Colorado that I was like, why is this here? This is definitely garbage. Why do um, we have the recycling with us? <laughs> yeah, well, it's the garbage with us. But it was great. So we, everyone thought we were crazy. Yeah, you know, I'm telling people, they're like, why are you leaving? I'm like, oh, I just think life's not sustainable here. And they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, we, we've got to go. You really should get out of here. <laughs> telling people. And then flash forward. So we moved here in 2018. And how I had this epiphany of getting into real estate was we were flying out here. We came out here twice for like two and a half days. And we only had two and a half days to find, you know, real estate for ourselves. And it was really difficult to find a realtor. No one wanted to call me back. You know, people were like, I'm in the mountains, I'm away. You know, Colorado is a very active place. Uh, and I didn't really know. I mean, we didn't really know much about Colorado. We looked at a lot of, we thought about a lot of different places. We didn't have time to go visit. So we we're just like basing it on like food. New Yorkers need good food. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we need like, uh, yeah access to good medical facilities and we needed like a city not so much like a very rural kind of place we weren't ready for that yet right Mm -hmm. and so we looked at some places and the exodus from new york and connecticut new jersey to colorado had started five years before 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of families that I knew were selling their estates, they were moving to Colorado. And so I was like, what is going on there? Um, and we came out and visited and we fell in love. The weather is amazing. Um, people are very nice. We have amazing food. And so it's like, boom, like we made a decision super, super fast. And so, you know, we're coming out here to look at real estate. I'm having a really hard time. And I don't know how, but I... I just had this epiphany, like the light went off and I was like, I'm going to sell real estate in Colorado. And it was just so random because I thought I was just continue my Wall Street career here, maybe continue with private equity here. And so I had no idea that I was going to go into business for myself and I was going to leave, you know, salary and beautiful, beautiful, cushy benefits and all that fun stuff to come here and sell real estate. But, you know, the light went off and so off we were. And so I took off like, yeah, I was off like probably five months. That was the most I I had never taken any time off. And five months was the long, I really wanted to take a year off. Mm -hmm. And after five months, I was just like, I got to get in. Mm -hmm. And I took the real estate class with this wonderful gentleman called Jim McCowski who owns this uh, old school real estate school. And that was really great for me because uh, instead of doing the course online, I didn't think I could have the attention or the discipline to like take an online class. So I took it in person and it was great because I learned about Colorado. I learned that we have radon here. I learned that we have moving soil. I learned that there's black widow spiders that will kill you. I learned all these great things that I never would have known if I wouldn't have taken the class with this legend old school realtor who had been doing it for mm-hmm. 50, 60 years. And so that was that was really great that I did that. And then, boom, got my license. It took me uh, about four months to do my first deal. Mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, I was kind of I'd already done like the Tony Robbins program and stuff. And I really believe that proximity was power. And so align yourself with people that are doing what you're doing and just model whatever it is they're doing. And I started to kind of whatever they were doing or whatever, whatever I was invited to, I started going to. And it really paid off because these rock star agents that I was working with, like they didn't want to do their open houses. And so I had a lot of opportunity to do beautiful open houses at great listings and, you know, Cherry Creek and Hilltop and Crestmore. I must have done, oh, I would say 50, 60 open houses my first year. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, sometimes I would do two in a weekend or two in a day and, mm-hmm. It was just a way for me to get out there and meet people, start talking to people, learn the neighborhoods. And, you know, Colorado is a small place, but it's for me, it's ginormous. It don't feel mm-hmm. so much bigger than New York mm-hmm. um, because the towns are kind of everything's 20 minutes away, but every town is different. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to work in just one town because I thought I'd be bored to death. And is there enough volume? Right. And so I was like, no, I'm just going to be an expert in all areas, right? And so every time I had to work in an area, like, boom, do an open house in Boulder, I'd have to learn absolutely everything about Boulder before I did that open house. 
And, you know, then I go to Littleton and I would do the same thing. And that's how I got so really good at knowing all of these places. But, you know, then COVID hit and that was an interesting time. I had like $6 million worth of real estate under contract mm-hmm. and it disappeared overnight. Ugh. Everyone canceled their contract. Every single person, people got scared. I can't move right now. Oh my God, what if I'm going to lose my job? Is this the end of the world? And so, mm-hmm. you know, those contracts immediately disappeared. Um, luckily, they came back in different ways. It was really interesting. Like people that were like, I want to buy, you know, a little McMansion in the heart of Denver. They were like, no, 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 no. You need to get me out of the city of Denver. I want to have a, a cabin in the mountains away mm-hmm. from people. And so it was a big shift. And we, we got so lucky because COVID, our hometown was ground zero for COVID. It was the hardest hit place. Yeah. They literally have the military shut down the whole neighborhood. They had barricades. You couldn't get into our neighborhood. And so we went from being crazy people to being geniuses that we got out, you know, in time. And I don't think we would have had the same. You're experience. saying, yeah, your town in New York where you were previously, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. New Rochelle, New York was like ground zero for mm-hmm. for COVID. And so, you know, we went from being like crazy people to being like geniuses because I don't think we would have had the same experience if we would have tried to get out during COVID. We were able to get here. We got established. Yeah. Grew my, you know, started my business. And because my husband had transitioned his business, he was ready for COVID because he was already remote. He had all his systems in place. So all he had to do was send all, you know, his office was closed for nine months. The government wouldn't even let you open the doors. Right. And mm-hmm. so everyone had to go remote, you know, and had to retrain, you know, customers on, you know, paying things online as opposed to coming in and bringing in cash or he's got an insurance agency. And so it was, it all happened in due season. Kind of thing. I love so much of what you're saying. And I think it's so pivotal to realtors. Part of it is, um, you know, whether that's instinct or your person of faith and you believe like God guides, whatever it is, I believe that there are certain times where like, and I love what you said about Tony, where it's like a split second. I think there are certain times where you're like, nope, this is it. This is the time. And really a lot of what I've seen through your incredible journey is like, you just decided I'm doing this and you went and did it right. You didn't make any excuses, right? You could have, I'm even thinking like getting to Colorado and, you know, I'm sure you had saved up some money to get there. So you could have been like, you know what? No, I'm just going to take this time off. I'm going to relax. I'm going to, and you did take a little time off to get adjusted, but you said, no, I'm going to go do it. And I think that's so key for realtors because we can overthink things so much we can get stuck in our head. And sometimes it's like, what's the decision? I have 20 decisions. And it's kind of like the decision is just make a decision. <laughs> um, That's and it. So, so even, <laughs> I mean, as I, you know, check in my notes, like the things you were invited to, you went to, you didn't think, oh no, maybe this isn't a benefit to my time. No, maybe I won't meet any clients. You're like, I'm going, I'm going. I'm, if there's people to meet, there's if there's people to realtors to learn from, I'm going, you know, and even, I love what you just said, too, about being expert in the area. So talking about Boulder or Littleton, because I feel like so many realtors are like, oh, yeah, I'll host an open house. I'll show up. 
And and you you're showing up at the open house. And when someone walks through, they're like, oh, well, how far you're like they go, how far is this from school or a target or a church? Well, here's all the stuff around the area. And, you know, boom. And and you suddenly look like the expert. And I think <laughs> I think one of the lessons here for realtors is like you have as much success as you prepare yourself for. Right. Like you didn't sit on the couch. Oh, it's Thursday. I have a open house on Sunday. You were spending that time like, okay, what do I need to know about Boulder? What do I need to know about Littleton? So then, and you know, I know your clients and colleagues are saying to you, like, how do you have so much success in a short time? I've, I've heard you say things and people say things about what you're doing. And it's kind of like you prepare, you prepare. It's kind of like, you know, I think of even if you if I were to use the example of like going back to school, right, you're preparing for the test while some of the kids are just showing up and, and hoping they pass. You're preparing and studying the for the real, you know, for the market that you go into. And I think that's huge. Well, I got really lucky because when I first started working in real estate, there was a woman who was a real hitter. I mean, she's a savage. She's like number two, you know, at Cowell Banker, all right? Mm-hmm. And she's retired. She's mm-hmm. retired, okay? And she would let me do all her open houses, right? Mm-hmm. And these are like luxury, luxury homes, right? And she'd be like, I need 30 minutes with you, all right? And then she would run me down and tell me about the private schools, the restaurants, you know, every every activity, everything. And she'd be like a, like a monster. She'd be like, and then at the end, and then, thank God, I was like writing notes, right? And at the end, she'd say, all right, now tell it all back to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. You know, and that got me in the habit of doing that. Like, mm-hmm. you need to know where the dry cleaner is, where the nearest store is, what the school is. You know, not that we can say anything about schools, but right. yeah. um, you want to know that, you know, the best private school is here and, you know, the public school is just like the private school and that they've got this incredible farmer's market or whatever it is. Right. And she was very thorough. And let me tell you, when she staged that home, like that house does not go on the market. I mean, her clients were like deadly afraid of her. Right. <laughs> so, you know, the house is staged a particular way. Everything's done a very particular way. And I was like, I like this. This is how it should be done. And I kind of kept that. You know, I learned it. I kept doing that today as I mentor new agents. And they send everyone to me that, that wants to get into doing open houses. I mm-hmm. built my whole business on open houses. Yeah. Um, I tell them, I'm like, did you download the MLS? the details on the home. Mm-hmm. You got to know everything. Taxes, years bill. If you're doing open house for somebody else, ask the listing agent, what do they know about this house? Where are the improvements? How much money was spent? Yes. Um, like very specific questions. And people just think like, you know, I to this day, who has probably done 200 open houses by now, right? Wow. Um, you know, and I've done some houses where I'm like, oh my God, I need to stand outside because it smells so bad in here kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? I would just sign up for everything, right? To this day, if I drive, if I'm driving and I see an open house, I always pop in because maybe they have some really cool idea. Uh, that's maybe awesome. I, I like the way, I like to see how people present the open house. Like, 
you know, do they have a sheet on how to write a contract? Like, do you want to submit an offer? This is what we're looking for. This is all the information on one sheet. Um, make it easy for people. You know, in a perfect world, everybody would be high functioning, right? But in Colorado, it's hard to get a license, right? It's 178 hours. Yeah. Um, and still, anyone can really get it, right. right? And everyone has one or two deals in them, maybe. You know, because yep. everybody has a friend that wants to sell. That's right. right. And it, it kills me when I drive around and I'm like, there's not even a sign for sale at this house. Oh, the worst. Yeah, it's the worst. You're like, wait a minute. This is a little like the little thing that you just print it. And, you know, like, yeah. you know, you, your clients deserve more. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that. Right. Like clients deserve more. I don't care if they're paying one percent. Or a thousand dollars. Yeah. Of you know, I have done listings when I first started that cost me money. Yeah. Uh, yep. It, totally. It yeah. cost me money. I had to. I wanted to because I want to build my portfolio, and so mm-hmm. I make a video. I got the walking tour. I got brochures. I got advertisement, and I'm being paid peanuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I owe them money. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> But it was yeah. that's what you do to kind of build your business. Well, and so. I, I think that I think it's awesome because what I've seen, what I like, what is so cool about your journey is maybe you don't have to do as many houses now. Like you've grown your clientele, you're really big in the luxury space, and I'd love to talk about that in a second. But you didn't make any excuses. You're you did all the things the new agent should do, and you didn't say, I'm too good for this. I don't want to do this. I'm too, you know, I want to spend the weekend with my family. And we all get it, right? We all want to be with our family, but you did the work that you had to do. And so that's really cool. Tell us, because when I talked to you and heard that you're just like absolutely crushing it in the luxury game, I am like, holy cow, because there's so many agents, right? In my county, there's 1,500 realtors. Probably about five of them have the luxury market kind of capped. So you come into Colorado, you know, 2018, 2019 as a new realtor. Was it your attention to detail? Was it the commitment? How did you start talking to clients doing luxury listings and get them to listen to you as a new agent? <laughs> well, my first listing was a luxury listing, okay? And it was like 1.1 million. And I met these people at an open house. Oh and yeah. And it was my husband who I made get a license and I was like he was with me at every every open house. He's like providing security, right? And I'm like you got to <laughs> right. you got to get your license. If you're going to be here, get your license and then, you know, I can have you talk to people because, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, we get 60 people coming through and it's a Mm -hmm. lot of, you know, you got to talk to everybody kind of thing. And he, (laughs) this guy is the CEO of a really big hospital here in Colorado. And my husband tells him, you got to meet my wife because she's a shark. (laughs) Which I am not a shark. Okay. But he thought that that was the funniest thing. And so we hit it off and he just calls me shark all the time now. <laughs> and <laughs> he's like, I want a shark. I, I need to sell my house. And um, it was great. That was my first listening. But I think that it was my, maybe my background, I think, because I wasn't, I didn't 
think I was going to sell luxury or, you know, I'm still at the very beginning stages of that, of what I want to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's kind of getting people out of that mentality of, you know, I got to sell with this agent, you know, and um, what I found was that sometimes these big teams or these big superstar agents, like they have very little time for clients and really, you know, you're mostly signing up for the name, but I think it was maybe my background, the fact that I worked with the cream of the crop in terms of Wall Street and they were super demanding mm-hmm. and you have to be really creative to work with them. Like when they want something, they want what they want when they want yeah. it. And they used to tell me the first thing I learned right out of school was to never use the word can't. They're like, mm-hmm. if that word can't exist in your vocabulary, you can't work for me. Mm-hmm. All right. You, you you will not survive because I don't want ever want to hear that word. You just got to make it happen. And so I think that I had that background. And so I treat everybody that way. Every client gets the same, whether they're a $3 million house or a $300,000 condo. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of goes down to your, to your work ethic kind of thing. And now that I'm like mentoring agents, I'm trying to really figure out, how do I give them my secret sauce, which is just work ethic? I never want to hear. And I hear it a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm wasting my time. Ugh. I've done three showings. And I'm wasting. I'm like, my first client. <laughs> I did 65 showings. No, I know. Wait, that's so <laughs> funny. Because now I remember this. And we'll share with the podcast. When we met in person, we talked about our first client. And I was like, oh, well, I'm sure you don't have me beat on most showings. And you're like 65. And I'm like, did she just make up that so that she could beat me by two? Because mine was 63. But you're right. It's I do think and not, you know, I hate when people say that the next generation is looking for a participation trophy because I don't think that like, but they need to be taught like this is a hustle right now we can right. Building success a few years into real estate, I can, you know, yesterday I worked one hour. I had one hour meeting in the afternoon. Besides that, I took the day off with my family. I can do that occasionally, but it took a lot of hard work to get there. And I think people see the success, like people will see you having success. They're like, oh, I want to do that. Well, no, I don't want to do all the stuff at the beginning that it takes to get there. They just kind of want you ever play shoots and ladders. They just want like the ladder to the top rather than like doing the hard work. I love all of this. And it's your story is complete, like so inspiring for people. If you can think back to Wall Street, I mean, I know you said like the shark and the the can't wasn't in the vocabulary. Is there any like one thing from Wall Street that you feel like you use every day to be a really great realtor? I think it's probably that same that perseverance, like that same can't. Yeah. Right. So, you know, my first meeting here, I really wanted to work for a big company, like the company that I had done all my business with in New York. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can if I can say their name or not. But, um, you know, I really wanted to work for Liz Sotheby's because that was like where I did all of my business. Yeah. My whole career. You know, they had really amazing agents and, you know, I love the brand and it's all luxury and you know, beautiful pictures and, mm-hmm. you know, they're really top notch people that work there. And I really wanted to work there. And I met an agent at an open house and she was like, we had a listing 
in the same building, right? And I reached out to her and I said, listen, I'm doing an open house. Do you want to do an open house together? And we can co-brand and get more people here. And whoever comes to me, I'll send them to you. And whoever goes to you, send them to me. And my listing went under contract before we had that open house. And she was like, you should come and work with me that day. So you could mm-hmm. see how we do. And she was at Live Sotheby's. And she was like, and you could see how we do our open houses and blah, blah, blah. And we hit it off because her fa- she lived, she was born and raised in Fort Collins, but mm-hmm. her whole family was Italian New Yorkers. And she was <laughs> like, I know your accent. And she was like, we just hit it off. And apparently there's a lot of New Yorkers up in Fort Collins. And, you know, we worked together that day and she was like, you need to do luxury. She was like, you got to get out of where you are. Mm-hmm. You need to meet my managing broker. I want you to come work for us, blah, blah, blah. And I had a meeting with him. I, I finally got a meeting with him. He had a cancellation. And he was mm-hmm. like, I had a cancellation for lunch. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, I'm there. And like 30 minute lunch turned into a two hour debacle where, <laughs> you know, he was very like that I would never sell real estate here. And that I just said, you know, Colorado was very clicky and the luxury market was very clicky and I didn't even know where the roads were. And so um, that was really tough. That was probably Mm. a very tough moment for me because I was just here seven months, eight Mm -hmm. months, and I had given up my job, my home, every, everything we knew. We didn't know anybody here at all. And I sat in my car and I cried <laughs> yeah. for like 30 minutes because I was like, how am I going to tell my husband that we did all of this stuff and these people won't even hire me? In fact, he told me I would never sell real estate here. Mm-hmm. And, and then after crying, then I was like, got to put my big girl panties on. And I was like, had my Jerry Maguire moment. And I was like, now I want my customers and yours. Right. And so That's I, was right. Like, <laughs> I was like, let's go. And, you know, it was great. Six months later, he called me up. He's like, you're crushing it. You need to come in. <laughs> and I did. And I did end up going to work for him. Yeah. Which was, you know, life changing because he was I used to call him negative Nancy because every great idea I ever had. He was like, he gave me the 10 reasons why it was a horrible idea. And that was great. Everything served because I needed to look at the great things and also think about everything that could go wrong. Right. <laughs> and so like, I'd be like, I want to do an open house and I want to have wine and invite all the brokers. He'd be like, you don't want to have alcohol because brokers are alcoholics. Right. <laughs> so he was like, he was like, you don't want to do that. No alcohol. And I was like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. So it was good. It was good. But I think there was that kind of like, I didn't take no. And so I don't take no. Right. And yeah. so deals go south in many different ways. And so you have to always think out of the box, right? Like what, how do we resolve this and keep everybody moving forward? Yeah. I love that. As, as we kind of get towards the end of our time, I, I love asking this question. Your journey is absolutely incredible. Can you think of a time, maybe it's leaving New York, maybe it's, uh, you know, leaving the company, you know, a couple of weeks before September 11th happened. Can you think of a time where you went through a hard transition and can you think of that version of yourself and how they felt and you're sitting across the table from that version of Alexis, what would you say to her today? I would say everything always works out. Like give it a little time 
And it's interesting, you know, after 9 11, mm-hmm. I mean, I sat on a trading floor. You know, we were shut down for two weeks after 9 11. Then we come back to work mm-hmm. and it was crickets. The yeah. trading floor was absolutely silent. And if you don't want, if you want to see what the scariest thing on earth sounds like, it's a quiet trading floor. Yeah. And we were all like, it is the end of the world. It's the end of the economy. This is done, right? And we came back. I mean, it's incredible. You go downtown, it's a whole city. It's all been rebuilt. All the young people want to live downtown. Um, and so if you give it a little time, nothing's ever the end. That's what I would tell myself. And that's so good because even like 9-11 and then like you left New York City right before the pandemic, it's kind of like that kind of story of things working out, giving it time, like it really is like it kind of seems like has really it's like boom, 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 like multiple times in your career and in your journey, which is yeah. absolutely incredible. And so when COVID happened, I was just like, this is temporary. This will pass. Yeah. Right. Um, we didn't know it was everybody... two years of temporary, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah. but we we made it. I love that. I love your journey, seriously. And and I think and, and for my audience, you you hear Alexis, but you didn't get to meet her. Literally, Alexis, I remember being in that room, you know, with Mike Sherrard and the Wolfpack team, and you know, Jeremy invited me there. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you literally had a presence was of like you know, and I think like we were talking in a group of guys, I think like you were strong and you're not intimidated. And I think part of that's probably going back to the Wall Street. You're not intimidated by like, oh, I'm in a man's world or any like you're not. You've gone out. You've crushed it. You've done a great job. But I think you had I, I mean, we literally hit it off right away and we're like, you asked about my journey. I asked about your yours. It, we had a lot in common and I could see like, holy cow, she has like done it in many careers, been bold enough, right? You know, been bold enough to step out in faith and like leave an amazing opportunity because you just felt like it was right. And I mean, I have, I I can see exactly why from meeting you in person and now this and talking earlier this week, why you crush in real estate, because you have this presence and you show that to your clients, like they're going to be confident in you to do the best job because that's how you carry yourself. So for realtors out there that are struggling, that maybe you're like, oh, I could, or maybe people that are not in real estate yet listen to this show and think about real estate or becoming a realtor, or maybe there's a realtor out there that's just struggling right now in their business, you know, the market's shifting and they're feeling scared about that. What would be a piece of advice that you would give them? I would say, and I tell my men- my mentees this, you gotta be an expert, right? Yeah. Because I was like, I didn't know the roads in Colorado. In fact, I still don't know where Colfax is, which is like the main, everybody's Colfax, Colfax. Okay, to go to Colfax, go west, right? Yeah. And if it wasn't my GPS, I, you would never find me in Colorado. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to be an expert in the contract. I'm going to be an expert in the market. And so training, doing a lot of, if, I would say if you're not, you know, my husband went to school for hotel management and he had an old school professor. And the professor was like, you're in the food service business. And if you're not working on the food, you're working on the service. Right. Mm. And that, I always say that if you're not if you're not doing deals, then you're doing training. Right. Um, and so 
lots of classes, collaborate with other people. Don't be on an island. You know, now I have this amazing team. Yeah. The first time. Mm-hmm. The past three years, I was alone on an island, but I didn't. I wasn't alone on an island because I would go and meet other agents and I would go to classes and I would go anywhere anybody invited me to. Mm-hmm. And, I be, and I would go and I would say, well, I'm going to learn something. I don't know what it is. I don't know who I'm going to meet today, but let's go. All right. And so it's really taken me to one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And so I try to encourage agents to do that. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, when I talk to agents who find the show and ask for me for social media help, and that's why I built the membership this summer, because literally every single person I said, what's the struggle? And they said, I feel like I'm doing stuff alone and I'm lonely, like I'm lonely and I feel like nobody understands what I go through. So I'm like, get around people, right? Whether that's a membership, whether that's a great, you know, team like you, you have and and the system you have set up, like collaborate with people training. I, I think like, you know, and I had an episode recently here on the podcast where I was like, get out of your house, like sitting at your freaking desk all day. I have an office from my brokerage and then I rent another office and people are like, why do you spend $250 a month or whatever, three, whatever it is to rent an office? I'm like, because I want to be around people. I need to be around people. We, We were made and created for community. And so you need that if you're feeling lonely or like, oh, I have no deals or, you know, I think I even on that episode was like, go sit at Starbucks with your laptop that says I'm a realtor and someone's going to talk to you about real estate while they're waiting for their coffee. Like get out of your house if you're feeling lonely. So I love that. I always, I always tell people you cannot sell real estate from the inside of your house. Oh my goodness. That's so good. Yeah. This, this is a job where you're out and then you do your paperwork late at night when you're crying at your desk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. You cannot sell real estate from inside your house. That's so good. Thank you for your time. Your journey is absolutely incredible. And I'm so thankful we met a couple of weeks ago and proud to know you and now be connected. As we close out, I know people are going to want to connect with you and hear more about your story. I'll get your links, obviously, and I have them and put them in the show notes. Where can people find you and connect with you as they listen to this? I have a YouTube channel that's launching very soon called Keep Minute Real Estate. And I'm going to be doing a lot of videos about how to keep it real in real estate, because I think that the public really needs to be informed and other agents need to understand what they're, gosh, I wish somebody would have told me all of this when I started, you know, like there's just so much information. And as I'm coming on three years, I'm nowhere near the information I need to learn, even doing as much business as I've done. So I've got that channel. I'm on Facebook. So I'm Alexis Papadakis Greenberg at EXP Realty. And I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, uh, keeping it real estate with Alexis. So yeah, I appreciate it so much. And her website, alexisrealestate.net and the socials, all of that stuff we'll put in the show notes. Alexis, your story is incredible. Thank you. Thank you. I know you're busy, but thank you for spending some time with us today. And I know agents are really going to be inspired. So thank you for everything you shared with us. John, thank you so much for inviting me on. And I tell you, this is a great show. 
it's awesome that you're doing this for people and that you're giving them all these different perspectives and information because, you know, knowledge is key. That's it. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yo, guys, I hope you really enjoyed this interview with Alexis. She is absolutely crushing it. Like I said on the episode, it's been an honor to get to know her and have her on the show. She's crushing it in the Colorado markets, doing such a good job there and just having a lot of success in real estate. A few of my takeaways as we close out, I love how she talked about towards the beginning, proximity is power and just being around the people that are having success, right? Go around them, pick their brain, learn from them, ask how you can support and help their business. I absolutely love that. I love what she shared as well about, you know, creating success by being an expert in an area and how she's basically, you know, gone through and worked over 200 open houses, right? That's amazing. And it's amazing that not only does she work open houses and do this and grow her business that way, but becoming an expert in the area while she does it, right? Having, you know, open houses in Boulder and making sure you know everything about all of the best schools, whatever, restaurants, places to visit, stores in Boulder, Littleton, et cetera. I, I thought that was awesome. Her story of perseverance is absolutely amazing. And it's just been really cool to see her, you know, overcome the people that said you'll never make it. And, you know, a big lesson she took away from that was not taking no for an answer. I loved as she closed out as and as we close out, I loved how she talked about collaborating. And I love how she talked about just trusting that everything's going to work out. Again, as a person of faith, I trust God to provide for my business and our family and just work all of the things out as long as I'm being faithful and putting in the required work. Giving it time is another big one. I loved, <laughs> you know, and I laughed when she said this. I loved when she said, you cannot sell real estate from inside your home. And it's so true. You got to get out there like we've talked about. You got to get out in the community. You have to go meet people. You have to go to networking events. You have to go to restaurants and meet clients. You have to support small businesses, all those different things. So really hope you learned a lot from her. And I love the advice as she closed out the advice to you realtors out there that you have to be an expert on the contract, on the market, on the training. I love how she kind of said, you're either doing a deal or training, doing a deal or training. And I think that's an amazing pattern to follow in your business. If you're busy with deals, great. If you're not, go out there and learn and become an expert and learn more about how to become a better realtor. So thank you so much, Alexis. Again, your story is inspiring. Make sure you guys check her out, right? Keeping it real estate with Alexis on Facebook and Instagram, alexisrealestate.net. And I'll include all this in the show notes. But thank you so much, Alexis, for being on the show. And thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys have an awesome day. And I'll talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode.